tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. I have to start with a hearty apology. We did not do a live show last week because I was sick. I, I have to tell you, I am not one that really gets the flu, and I'm not even 100% sure that that's what I had. But I have been sick for, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 days, just on and off, just super low energy. I've had headaches. Uh, my stomach is, is not settling properly after I eat. I don't know. I, I, I must have something. Something is, you know, definitely a lot of people are sick here in Florida and the flu is going around. So that might very well be uh, what I have had. But uh, we're back with you live tonight. We rescheduled our guest from last week. She'll be back with us uh, in a few weeks. Uh, really interested in her book on retirement. And uh, it, it's a great book with a lot of great, unique ideas on retirement, and she'll be with us uh, in about a month. We do have a great guest for you tonight. Our good friend from Skywatch TV, Derek Gilbert, is back with us tonight. And he's got a great book out called Veneration. And it's all about this question. Are the giants of the Bible returning? And when when does this happen? How does this fit into Bible prophecy? All of that tonight in our guest segment, which starts in just 28 minutes. Next week, our special guest is Bible prophecy expert L.A. Marzulli. Of course, uh, he's always one of our listeners' favorites. A lot of good topics we'll have to discuss what's happening in the news, politics, UFOs, Bible prophecy, and a lot more. And then in two weeks, we have Dylan Howard coming back to talk about his book on the mysterious death of Princess Diana as we get back into our favorite niche area of true crime. And uh, so much to get into in this first news segment. We're going to be talking about Trump's visit to the Daytona 500, Hillary Clinton, uh, a news blast. She might be on the ticket with Bloomberg. We're going to be talking about that. Roger Stone, a big week for Roger. His sentencing is scheduled for Thursday. We'll get into that. And I've got some other questions, too, to ask about Roger Stone. Also, the Andrew McCabe bombshell that he's not going to be prosecuted. That in this new segment. We'll talk about Bitcoin as well. So much to talk about. But before we get started, our sponsor this uh, broadcast, each week we have a sponsor. We're commercial free, but we just have one sponsor that pays the bills for each show. And tonight's sponsor is Coin dot christian money dot com coin dot christian money dot com and i have my trump coin right here in my studio and this thing is absolutely beautiful and it comes in a sealed 
plastic case. Now, you can get it out of the case, which I did earlier, and I put some nice pictures of this up on my Facebook page. This is a really neat collectible coin. It's uh, very colorful. Uh, it's silver plated. It's got uh, Trump's likeness on the front. And then on the back, it has Make America Great Again, United States of America. Really beautiful collectible coin. And it is free. Just pay your own shipping to get the coin. And let me tell you why it's free, because a lot of people are skeptical about anything that's free. I'm with you on that. Um, it's a site that has a lot of Trump merchandise for sale. And so they're using this free coin as a as an inducement to get you to the site. However, you don't have to buy anything else. Just go get your free Trump coin. That's what I did. And you can get your free Trump coin tonight's sponsor by going to coin.christianmoney.com. Coin.christianmoney.com. There's lots of pictures there. All your questions will be answered. And the shipping is only like six bucks, seven bucks. It's a great deal, a great collectible to have uh, if you're a coin collector or just somebody that likes Trump. Really neat thing. Coin.christianmoney.com. All right, tonight's top story, 44 Americans on the Diamond Princess cruise ship are now diagnosed with coronavirus. Now, this is a cruise ship that was uh, sailing in Asia, and a lot of the passengers are uh, Japanese. So what we're seeing now is a virus that was sort of isolated in the beginning to China, but is now quickly spreading around the world, including uh, tonight, another news story uh, that there are now uh, confirmed cases in Europe. Uh, of course, we have several confirmed cases here in the United States, and it seems like each day that goes by, it's sort of exponentially more bad news about the coronavirus and the number of people that are being infected by this. Um, the Americans on the Diamond Princess cruise ship, I, I didn't quite get the whole gist of the story, but I guess those that are not officially infected are going to be brought back to the United States. However, the 44 that are actually infected with the coronavirus will be taken to Japan uh, to be treated, which is the uh, close by port to where the uh, ship is currently, um, you know, being uh, sort of uh, held um, in abeyance. The ship is uh, is is being uh, it's been like two weeks, I guess the ship has been quarantined. So people are are stuck on a cruise ship. And uh, some of the stories uh, on social media of people are are re really losing their mind. I mean, they're on a cruise ship. They're running out of food. The toilets are overflowing and they don't know what to do with themselves. They're confined to their rooms. I mean, it's almost like being in prison. But it looks like some resolution is happening here with uh, the 44 Americans and the others that are infected going off to Japan. Everyone else being brought back. All the other Americans being flown back on a charter flight to the, to the United States to uh, be tested. And then if they turn out to uh, to come down with the virus, I guess after 14 days, they will be uh, released from quarantine. They're going to uh, keep them on a couple of different military bases. Uh, this story in uh, this afternoon also, uh, prosecutors are reporting that there is at least one witness now that says that Prince Andrew openly groped young girls on Jeffrey Epstein's uh, so-called pedophile island. And uh, we continue to get reports that Prince Andrew is refusing to be questioned or cooperate in any way with the FBI's investigation. Um, this is sort of a tricky 
area. I, I certainly I'm not an expert on this, and I don't know if the royal family officially has diplomatic immunity. Could Prince Andrew, for example, be extradited to the United States? Could he be uh, charged in absentia if he won't come here to face trial? I just don't know. I, I don't know how that works. I mean, I would imagine that he would be treated differently than an average citizen. But it seems like the more news that comes out about Prince Andrew's involvement with Epstein, it just seems to get worse and worse. And uh, there was also another story out today about Epstein's connection um, with uh, let me see what bank it was. Let me just Google this really quick. And uh, there was a big story. It was actually on RT and uh, they were reporting that there are some new um, there's some new connections that have been made between Epstein and, and a number of European bankers and banks. And the question of money laundering is now being raised once again, which is what I've said from day one. If you want to know what I think this guy is into other than uh, trafficking young women, it is money laundering. Everything about this guy's operation screams money laundering. That's what I think they're going to ultimately find out um, if we're ever able to find out the truth. And we still don't really know much about the whereabouts of Jelaine Maxwell, you know, where she is. Has she been questioned by the FBI? We just don't know. It's just a, a story that sort of died, at least the aspect of it that relates to Jelaine Maxwell. Well, where I am sitting right now is about a 40 minute drive from the Daytona International Speedway. I drive by it all the time. I mean, sometimes, you know. I used to live in Daytona. I don't live in Daytona anymore. I'm about 40 minutes north, but I drive by it all the time. I've only been inside there a couple of times, once for a tour and once to see a Rolex 24 race. When my son was younger, he wanted to go see a race. I've never had the bug of being interested in racing. Uh, I've ju I'm just not one of those people, so I'm being honest with you. But it was exciting to watch on television. A bunch of my friends that live in Daytona uh, have posted pictures on Facebook of Air Force One actually circling the stadium and then landing. The airport there in Daytona is actually parallel to the raceway. They're, they're right next to each other. And uh, so Air Force One landed at the Daytona International Airport. And then the uh, limousine took him just what would be just a block, if that, uh, over to uh, the racetrack. And then uh, Trump not only uh, delivered a public speech, he also did the uh, gentlemen start your engines, um, you know, opening command. Um, he was also the uh, his his uh, limousine served as the pace car. As the, as the first president ever to actually take a lap and serve as the pace car, the presidential limousine, and people were chanting, USA, USA, USA. And my wife and I were talking about this, and we thought, you know what? There really is probably no better crowd. And there's, for those that don't know, that is like one of the largest stadiums in the world. Do you know that there's a hundred thousand a hundred thousand people in there between all of those rvs that you see in the infield and then the stadium that is larger than than any football stadium a hundred thousand people are in that stadium 
and they're all chanting USA, USA. Um, that is Trump's audience. I got to tell you that, that that demographic of the NASCAR fan is Trump's audience. I mean, if he had to like come up with like the Trump voter and, you know, nothing wrong. Those are great people. I love those people. I mean, those are salt of the earth pe- of the earth people. Those are the kind of people if your car is broken down on the side of the road, they're going to pull over and help you change a tire. And uh, I've told people this many times. I grew up in a blue collar home uh, and, you know, I went on to uh, success, you know, as an author, as a stockbroker, as a money manager. So I'm one of those people. My roots are blue collar. My dad was a construction worker. So I come from that upbringing, although even now, uh, although right now I'm, you know, obviously not in, in any of those trades. But I, that's those are the people I love. Those are the people I grew up with on the street that I grew up on uh, up on on the south side of Chicago. Um, those are really, you know, God's people. I mean, the the hardworking people that work with their hands, the the blue collar people. And I know I'm going to get the emails. Not everybody that's a NASCAR fan is, is a blue collar person. There are, uh, you know, accountants and lawyers and doctors and teachers. I get that, too. But I also do know that it's largely comprised of, you know, people that are country music fans, people that are, are tradesmen, uh, people that are just good hardworking people these are not the stands are not filled with leftists from san francisco i can assure you of that so that was a lot of fun to see that especially since it's right down the road here from where i live and then this story was uh is bouncing around and anytime i have to tell you anytime i put anything up on my social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or YouTube or Instagram, anytime I post something about Hillary coming back, whether it's she's going to run for president, which I thought I honestly thought she was going to come back and run for president again. And she hasn't. And there was a kind of a mysterious report a few weeks ago of her having dinner, her and Chelsea having dinner with Michael Bloomberg, the former mayor of New York. And now Drudge uh, is reporting, and and I'll tell you what, Drudge is almost always right, his scoops that he has. I don't know where his sources are, who his sources are, but he generally is right when he has these scoops. Drudge is reporting that Bloomberg wants Hillary as his vice president. Now, this sounds plausible to me, but I just don't see that as much of a ticket to go up against Trump. Bloomberg, Clinton. You've got two people from New York uh, on the ticket. I I don't know. I I don't know how you put together an electoral map with Bloomberg and Clinton. And I'll also tell you this. Funny that we have Clinton's name associated now with Bloomberg because it Bloomberg is having what is very similar to Bill Clinton's bimbo eruptions. He is having there are more stories I am seeing now in social media about uh, people coming forward uh, who have settled lawsuits uh, with Bloomberg, um, sexual harassment allegations. There's a lot of stuff percolating about Bloomberg. Just go on your social media feeds and and check tonight. Uh, Even more news stories coming out tonight. So this could yet be another. (laughs) We talk about uh, lining up candidates. Uh, Hillary may, you know, fit right in with Bloomberg if any of these stories uh, turn out to be true. But let's not forget, a lot of people don't know who Bloomberg is. Uh, this is the guy that uh, passed a an ordinance in New York City uh, outlawing big gulps because he thought people were drinking too much soda. 
which is probably true. People are drinking too much soda, but you don't go into New York City and take away people's big gulps. I mean, what's next? The sausage sandwich? <laughs> Are you going to take that away? You're going to take away uh, the extra large pizza slice? But this is, you know, kind of this guy's thinking that the government needs to be involved in every little aspect of your life. Uh, he is a liberal, although he sort of positions himself more as a moderate. Um, a lot of stuff about him that's going to come out. I really I don't know. He's got a Super Tuesday strategy where he's going to supposedly put all of his billions of dollars in for Super Tuesday and, and sort of clinch it all on Super Tuesday, uh, which I believe is at the end of March. I, I don't know. Um, we also have Joe Biden. Uh, Biden's top supporters, it's reported, are telling him to get out of the race that he doesn't have a chance and he's losing financial support. He didn't ever really have a lot of financial support. He never had the numbers of of Bernie Sanders. He, he's never had the numbers even of, of Mayor Pete. Uh, he's been one of the like fourth or fifth on the list as far as fundraising. And apparently money is drying up as people are abandoning the Biden campaign. They don't think he honestly has a chance. Um, we'll see, though. He, he is now sort of reinventing himself, saying he really didn't care about Iowa and New Hampshire. Uh, forget the fact that he was there begging for votes, that it's really all about South Carolina, which is coming up and, and the other states leading up to Super Tuesday. And then, of course, Super Tuesday. Now, this is a big week for our friend Roger Stone, who's been a regular on this show several times. Uh, I like Roger Stone. Uh, he's a little bit flamboyant a little bit out there in your face but i like people like that i'm not like that and maybe sometimes i kind of wish i were and i admire people that kind of take on the establishment the way that a roger stone does and so this thursday morning which is february the 20th roger stone was set to be sentenced for his seven felony convictions that were related to the Mueller investigation However, during this past week, of course, a lot has happened. Trump went to Twitter to criticize the prosecutor's recommended seven to nine year sentence for Roger Stone, a first time offender, a nonviolent offender. See, this is what is bizarre to me is the Democrats are all for releasing all of these drug dealers, all of these, uh, you know, drug users, people who uh, I consider drug dealing a violent crime. I don't know about anybody else, but talk to someone who lost a child to a drug addiction from illegal drugs, and they're not going to tell you that this is a nonviolent offense. Uh, but yet we just let out thousands upon thousands of drug dealers and 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 substantial drug users under this idea of of criminal uh, reform. And we're going to let nonviolent people out of prison. But yet these same Democrats, these same liberals that are all in for that kind of thing, were suggesting that Roger Stone should get seven to nine years in prison for these offenses that related from the failed the failed Mueller investigation. So. Seven to nine years, Trey Gowdy was on um, Fox News, I believe it was this week, and he was saying a bank robber does not even get seven to nine years, a first time offender. And that's what they wanted for Roger Stone. So after Trump tweeted that the um, the prosecutor's suggestion, the recommendation for a seven to nine year sentence was 
uh, was outrageous. Trump tweets that. And, and it was, you know, obviously everybody agrees that it was it was outrageous, too severe. And so Attorney General William Barr weighs in. He suggests that the sentence was also excessive. So in response to that, the four prosecutors on the case quit the case. And so it's sort of all up in the air. The latest on it tonight is that the judge in the case is going to have a conference call with all the relevant parties on Tuesday, I believe it is, to decide if there's actually going to be a sentencing on Thursday or not. And of course, you know, looming large over all of this is the question, will Trump uh, issue his first pardon? Um, well, no, he's, he's had a couple of other pardons, not many. Not many. Um, but will he be pardoning Roger Stone and maybe others? Maybe this all gets done on one day. You know, you've got, uh, you know, quite a long list. Um, Manafort, Roger Stone. He's even talked about uh, the former Illinois governor, Rod Blagojevich, getting a pardon. So maybe it's just like you pick a day, you pardon all these people and you put it to rest. I mean, Roger Stone, I mean, please. Uh, I mean, and, and this is something else I posted on my my social media. Nobody's talking about this, but do you remember it was a year ago and it was in January of 2019 that the FBI raided poor Roger Stone's home. Now, Roger was 69 years old at the time, his wife, age 71, and, and they raided his home in a military style raid. They had 29 FBI agents, 17 vehicles, a helicopter, and even tactical boats in the little, um, creek behind his house that, that, that came up. They raided his house. Well, it was still dark out just before 6 a.m. Uh, in January of 2019. Now, after that raid and CNN happened to be tipped off to be there to, to film the whole thing, which is which was another whole controversy. But after that raid, a lot of people said, wasn't that crazy? Wasn't that excessive? I mean, that that's more military than what uh, they had in Benghazi. Uh, you know, to rescue our people out of Benghazi. I mean, is was that really necessary? A military El Chapo style raid on Roger Stone's house. It, it was just nuts. So at that time, a lot of people came out and criticized it, including Senator Lindsey Graham, who wrote a letter to the FBI demanding that they publicly explain why they did the this military style raid. Now, there's been nothing more said about it. Nothing. And I've searched exhaustively online and I posted this on my social media. You know, still no explanation from the FBI about the need for a military style raid on the home of Roger Stone's Roger Stone last year. Twenty nine agents, 17 vehicles, a helicopter and tactical boats uh, in the creek coming up the creek behind his house. For a 69-year-old man, nonviolent offender, has no criminal record, and his 71-year-old wife. What could possibly justify this? And how much did it cost? What? How much does something like that cost, that type of a, of a raid? And yet no, nobody wants to talk about this. Now, the only thing I'm seeing posted online, which makes me even more upset, is people posting saying, oh, well, this is standard. This is the standard operating procedure of the FBI. This is what they do in every case. I don't believe that for one second. But if that is true, that's even worse. So American citizens that are guilty, 
you know, they're not guilty. They're, they're innocent until proven guilty. In this case, guilty, I guess, right off the bat, you're assumed guilty. But you're an innocent person and you're charged with a crime that's a nonviolent crime. You know, you think your your lawyer could arrange for you to just come in um, to the courthouse or one car would show up with maybe two agents to arrest you and bring you in. Why would you need this type of a military raid on the home of Roger Stone? And if this is standard, wow, what where, what kind of country do we live in? If this is standard, that, that this is how someone gets arrested uh, by the FBI. Now, I get it. If you're a you know member of the mafia, a drug dealer, somebody that has a violent criminal history, I get it. I mean, on occasion, you probably have to do something like this. But really, I mean, in, in this case, a 69-year-old man and his 71-year-old wife, you raid their home like this, but yet there's still no public explanation. Other than, you know, if you search it, you'll find a few stories. Uh, one retired FBI agent said, yeah, this is how we always do it. We always we always do this. And, and we always tell CNN we're coming also so they can set up a camera in the driveway to film the whole thing. Really? And uh, everybody's outraged this week, including me. And one of my social media posts on Facebook actually has now almost 2000 shares, almost 2000 shares. And here's what I posted. Um. I posted, well, let me get the actual post up because the post itself, you know, I, I just posted it kind of in an angry moment, honestly. And I thought, you know, I'm angry. I'm going to post this. I never thought, I mean, you know, maybe a 50 people like it or a few comments are made on it. Uh, but this is obviously resonating with people. It has right now almost almost 2000 shares across Facebook. I'm scrolling to try to find it here. And uh, that Roger Stone post is also going viral as well. And uh, I was showing my wife uh, this post earlier today. I didn't really even realize how many people were sharing it. So I guess I guess I'm not the only one that has uh, this outrage. Here we go. Here's my exact post from Facebook, which I posted just a couple of days ago. It has almost 1,800 shares right now as of tonight. Maybe I'm the only one not okay with General Flynn losing his home and life savings and facing prison while McCabe, Comey, Strzok, and Page face no consequences. That was my post. Almost 1,800 shares. And that is bottom line what's going on. I mean, here's a guy, Andrew McCabe. He is fired from his job for lying to the FBI. He is fired from his job for lying to the FBI. But according to the announcement on Friday, the Justice Department has decided not to prosecute him for lying to the FBI. I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. And this is the same uh, core legal issue that General Flynn was charged with, uh, which is causing, you know, he's lost his home. He's lost his life savings. He's facing prison. They threatened to go after his son. Unbelievable. This is the same core issue they went after Roger Stone for as well. And why is it that we don't have equal justice, that Democrats, liberals are able to get away with these things? You know, I have no problem if everybody's going to be prosecuted equally, then that's fine. Uh, but that's just not what happens. It is absolutely 
not what happens. All right. A couple of last quick things here. Uh, Bitcoin. Bitcoin is is really taking off again. And if you didn't see it this week, uh, Bitcoin is uh, broke above 10,000, actually reached as high as 10,500. Uh, this week, it's right now uh, below 10,000. It's it's uh, drawn back a little bit, which it's kind of in a trading range of about uh, four or five percent. But uh, many are now predicting that a, a major, a so-called parabolic or hyperbolic move is about to take place with Bitcoin. This is when you see it move thousands of dollars in a very short period of time. The old high of about twenty thousand dollars for one Bitcoin is predicted to be taken out in maybe just a matter of a few weeks. So if you're someone that's interested in Bitcoin, maybe you're, you've, you've heard some things about it. You don't you don't really know. Is it for you or not? How can you get started? Um, I put together a book. It's 10 bucks on Amazon, and it's all about how to get started with Bitcoin, even how you can get free Bitcoin. And it's all in there. It's less than 10 bucks. It's called the 90-minute Bitcoin Quick Start you can get it for 10 bucks on Amazon. And I'm mentioning this to you because um, the Audible version, which is the you know full book read by me, the author, the Audible version, which will be available, um, I believe, on Monday or Tuesday. It comes out on Amazon, Audible, and also on iTunes. You can grab the Audible version uh, if you want to listen to it, maybe while you're driving or exercising. So that's going to be available. I don't know the price on the audio version yet because they, they haven't posted it and they determine the price. So I, I don't know exactly what the price is, but the book, of course, is available for $9.95 over at Amazon, the 90-minute Bitcoin quick start. All right, we will refire the open, take a one-minute break. We'll be back with our special guest, uh, Derek Gilbert. The fantastic new book is called Veneration, Unveiling the Ancient Realms of Demonic Kings and Satan's Battle Plan for Armageddon. Stay tuned. We'll be back in exactly one minute. Don't miss it. 